hear me. А вы что, собираетесь на ней жениться? Да. Ух, красота-то какая. Лепота. Таможня дает добро. И вообще не называй меня, пожалуйста, Вероника. Кто я? Вот кто я? Отныне русские земля единый быть. My name's Ali, and this is the Rus Files Unite podcast, where we watch Russian films and films with a Russian connection. As always, I'm joined by a guest, and today it is veteran of the podcast. Hello. <laughs> sorry, I jumped in there. You, you, you did. Who I'm are so you? Sorry. Who are you? Why, uh, why are you jumping in? Lynn again. <laughs> I should have just let you. I interrupted your flow. I'm really sorry. <laughs> yes, you've ruined the the flow. <laughs> Leave my flow alone. Hopefully I've not ruined the whole thing already. I, I have a nasty feeling you may have This is the 17th take of this introduction. <laughs> that is a filthy lie. <laughs> uh, Thankfully. Yes. Um, but anyway, yes, how have you been? Uh, okay, I guess. Great. Good. So for people who haven't... I've not seen any Russian movies in ages. That's fine. It's not mandatory. Okay. Um... Yes, so for people who... This is their first Lynn episode, or possibly right. first episode altogether. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, there's not much to say. But I've been in this podcast before. I've known you for a long time. Many, many years. Many, many years. I think probably... It's like 20 years or something, yeah. if not more. Yeah, it's about 20. How do we get so old? Because time oh, is a relentless okay. beast. Right. Let's just sit with that for a second. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a dead air while we contemplate yeah. the nature of time moving on. Anyway. Um, and our mortality. And our mortality. So I've watched a few Russian films. Yes. They've been good so far, mostly. Um, when was the last one? Uh, the last one would have... Was it something about diamonds? Uh, for... I did that last time. Yes. It was... Uh... What is it even called? I, this is sad because obviously it's not that memorable. No, well, I, I'm just drawing a blank on everything. I mean, I just still think about the last hour of Andrei Rubiov. Y- yeah. That's the most, that since being on this podcast, that's the thing that's ta- that comes back to my mind more than anything else. Well, I was going to say, this, this is this is a rare thing indeed. This is now two episodes in a row that we won't have been talking about a Tarkovsky film. <laughs> what? I know. We'll have to go back to that at some point. But um, Yes, partly because we're rationing the Tarkovsky. Oh, films, rationing the Tarkovsky, yeah. Because there weren't that many of them. Um, that's true. Yes. The last film I saw was Burning, the South Korean film. Oh, okay. This is the thing. I am I am not staying very up to date on things that are coming out. It was out. good. I saw Poetry, which was the director's previous film, oh, okay. a few years back, by when that was out, which was great. And his new film, Burning, is also great. I, I mean, both of them are quite depressing. 
I will have to check that out. I, I must confess, I don't think I've seen any South Korean films, including Not Old Boy, which is obviously a travesty. I've not seen that's... any of the Vengeance trilogy. Yeah, so neither, neither. Well, clearly neither have <laughs> I because I haven't seen any South Korean films. But it's yeah. kind of like if you've seen one South Korean film, there's a good chance that it's Old Boy. That's true. I feel like I should watch them at some point, but I have not seen them. But and I remember hearing this was oh, nearly ten years ago. Hearing about a film called The Good, The Bad, and The Weird, which was like a cool. South Korean. That Western. sounds fun. Yeah, I've not seen that either. Yeah, sadly, um, outside the remit so of this podcast. We'll, right, so we'll turn this at some point into a South Korean film podcast. Yeah, if yeah. it was only once we, if but, it was, I don't want to get too political, but mm. I'm just saying, if Korea hadn't split, it would still be a border country with Russia, and we could claim yeah. that it was close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would it? Yeah, yes. It would be. yes, yeah. I think just uh, just barely. It's like North ten Korea, miles. Or yeah, like that. That's, that is correct. Yeah. Uh, yes. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. besides the point so North Korea get get your act together stop being horrible <laughs> um, I guess we're blaming North Korea for this I think the general consensus yeah. is that... they don't seem great I'm, no. I'm not saying all North Koreans just mean like the government of the North regime, Korea doesn't seem yeah. brilliant yeah the fact that it's typically re- referred to as a regime is very <laughs> good sign <laughs> anytime your government is a regime yeah. or you put democratic in the title of your country is also a bad sign that it's probably not that democratic it's, it's usually a sign that you're trying a little bit too yeah, hard indeed yeah um, <laughs> but the movie we're watching today <laughs> is not set in any career no north south or yeah east or west, <laughs> or west we've just no. made up two extra careers sorry career yes uh, <laughs> don't think we have any Korean listen- listeners who knows right in if yes. you're listening Korea yeah they might not be listening anymore yeah well North Korean listeners you probably shouldn't be listening <laughs> to us anyway because you'll get in trouble I do not want, to, want you to get in trouble over no. this if you're going to get in trouble for listening to foreign media um, there's probably better things you could be listening to yeah um, <laughs> I didn't mean that as an insult I just meant if you've only got a very limited availability <sighs> why do I ask you back <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, maybe maybe this podcast is huge in North Korea and we would never know. No, no. Um, yeah, which is which is good because I would feel I would feel very guilty about people taking a risk to listen to my, um, <laughs> this fluff. <laughs> um, but anyway, yes, uh, the movie we're watching, and this has been this has been trailed sort of, or certainly mentioned. Yeah, all the way back in the very first episode. On Stalker. Yes. To bring it back to Tarkovsky. That's because this, before getting involved in this, one of the few Russian films that I had seen, it's how I ended this, is it this summer? My yes. summer. Yes, this summer. It's This it's, summer. Basically. It's a slightly awkward sounding title in in English. For some reason, it always brings the horror film from the late 90s. I know what you did last <laughs> summer into, yeah, it does, into my head. It definitely sounds like that. But the Russian title is Kakia Pravyol Etim Lietum. So there is this summer in there. Okay. Uh, rather than summer. But yeah. Random Russian language fact. Yeah. So the word for summer, Lieta, mm. is connected with the word for years. Okay. Okay, so so one year is god. Two years is goda. And then when you get to five... It switches over and it becomes liet, which I think is derived from lieta, which means summer. So like five summers or something. Uh, yeah, exactly. Essentially, yeah. Um, That's interesting. 
And the thing that people say, if you haven't seen somebody for a long time, like the equivalent of long time no see, is skolkaliet skolkazim, mm. which is like how many, literally how many summers, how many winters. Mm. So it just means <laughs> a long time has passed. <laughs> so I thought I'd bring that up, uh, shoehorn that in. But yeah. Cool. Uh, and we're actually recording this in summer. So. We are. It is the hottest day of the year so far, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, it's the brief heat wave, even though your other half claimed it doesn't count as a wave because it's only one day. I think I think in Britain <laughs> you have to kind of take your waves where exactly. You can find anyway, them. it's too hot, is what I'm saying. Yeah, as yeah. someone who doesn't like the heat. Yeah. Um, unlike in this film, Segway. Yeah. Where I remember it looking cold. I think it's in Siberia. I even though it's in the summer. I want to say, yeah, see, if it's in certain parts of... Okay, so Siberia, famous, famously... <laughs> <laughs> famously yeah. large. Yeah, I think I read that if Siberia... Now, again, Russian, list, Russian listeners, don't get any ideas, because <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble. If Siberia were to secede from the Russian Federation... Hint, hint. Which obviously they would never do, because that would be... Just a very bad idea. I think it would be the second. No, it probably still would be the large. It would be the largest country in the world. Wow. Or the second largest. I think it's bigger than Canada on its own. So it's pretty big. It is it is pretty huge. But anyway, I have a feeling that unlike the Diamonds of Forever movie, which I got really okay, <laughs> blanking on the title that we watched before. Now we've got just Diamonds on the Soles of Our Shoes, but that is a Paul Simon song. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I was, I'm not a Paul Simon... Um, anyway, it's neither of those things. It's neither <laughs> of those things. I have a feeling that this is actually set on an island in the Arctic Ocean. Okay. Which I think would be cold all the time. It's look pretty cold. Yeah. And also very, very far north. So I'm imagining that there's going to be some very, very long days. I don't remember it really being night. But it's been a while since I've seen this film. But yeah. Gotcha. It's very isolated. Definitely a very isolated place that it is set. Yeah. Then again, Russia has the lowest population density <laughs> of any country, I think. Pretty confident about that. So there's a lot of places that are, <laughs> that are isolated. So yeah, that doesn't necessarily help us figure out where it's actually set. But so again, if you're better informed than us... I think it's in the weather. See, this is just like Lynn's vague recollections of a film he saw a few years ago. Yeah, how long do you think it was? Mm, I'd say it was probably 2012 or something, maybe. Oh, okay, because it came out in 2010. So yeah, so I saw it at like an independent film club thing back oh. where I used to live. Okay, um, so I saw it at the cinema, but then they tended to show so quite a few foreign films, but maybe like a year after they came out. Yeah, yeah. initially. Yeah. Um, I guess when they could get hold of prints, because back then they had a 35mm Oh, really? Oh, Um, okay. Since then, they've upgraded to a digital projector, but the first six months of having it, they had to not show foreign films because no one knew how to work the subtitles. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Fair enough. um, Shout out to my favourite cinema there. Uh, (laughs) Which is? uh, The Roxy in Ulverston. But yes, anyway. Yeah, Ulverston is very nice. Ulverston is very nice. And I think they now know how to work the projector, so it's all good. Oh, and uh, while we're shouting out cinemas in the northwest, I will <laughs> randomly shout out the Duke Cinema in in Lancaster, where I went to university. I hear good things. I've never been, but um, and it is good. I 
I guess I didn't go a ton of times when I was there, just, you know, being a penniless student. But I did, I definitely saw The Lives of Others there, mm. which is an amazing movie. Saw that in a little theatre in Bath, which is also good. Okay. And um, I learned the other day they're currently closing down the cinema I used to go to when I was at university for six months, Hyper Picture House in Leeds, mm. uh, to renovate it, which would be good. It's now like 100 years old. Okay, good. So they're closing for renovation. Yeah, they're closing not, renovations. Not because... No, in good, in a good, for a good reason. Yeah, so just, yeah, yeah. Not uh, that they, they've been smashed down, but... by the multiplexes. Um, no, so that's good. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so... Um, there you go. your local cinema recommendations, if you yes. live in any of those places. If you have a local cinema... <laughs> It's a massive chain, then then support it if that's uh, financially an option for you. Um, yeah. So in terms of other things we should probably say before we crack on with watching the film, it's directed by Alexei Popogrebsky. Has he directed anything else? Uh, I think he's directed a handful of things. But when I looked on Letterboxd, this was like the most popular film mm. he's done, at least in the West. I'd have to look it up on Kino Poisk, which I think is the main Russian film site. Again, Russian listeners, if this is completely wrong (laughs) and you have something better, please let me know. And then the two leads are Grigory Dobrygin and Sergei Puskapalis. I am probably butchering that last name, the second one certainly there. And I'm not particularly aware of them being in anything else I've seen, so... So that, that's so not not many immediate links to other films that we've seen, but no, this seems to be a little bit out on its own. I mean, the other thing is, I think this might be the first time, at least that you've been on the podcast, that we've been discussing a film that was made this millennium. Yeah, I think we've all just watched. I know you've had other episodes about more recent ones, but yeah, yeah, I think we've mostly watched ones from the sort of sixties and seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to rewatching it. I remember enjoying it the first time. It's it's interesting you brought up. Like I know we did last summer. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a horror movie. It kind of I remember it being tense in a way that felt like it was about to kind of become a horror movie and never quite I think intentionally, like never quite cross that line. But Yeah, yeah. Like I've heard it's a kind of suspensey. Yeah, suspense is sort of a better like for, I think, but growing suspicions and possible animosity. But it's a my DVD is rated a 12 so okay. like yeah i don't remember it being particularly i think it holds off on like that much i mean stuff happens but you know what i mean yeah like, there isn't sort of huge flick or something yeah not huge amounts of blood no 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 yeah um yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see it and whether i remember anything that maybe i'm wrong maybe i'll just watch it and then just be like that was awful i don't know i hope that's well. i hope that's not the case but i mean it's a it's a two-hour like fairly compact yeah movie, so it's not like Oh, we staggered through this three and a half hour epic, and it was it never picked up. <laughs> Trying to ever seen a film that's three and a half hours long that wasn't The Lord of the Rings, I guess. Uh, I mean, I think it's a thing that was more of the past, like, more like I don't know, like peak Hollywood sort of thirties, forties. Like I don't know, I'm trying to things like Ben Hur and stuff was yeah, Ten Commandments and yeah, I think some David Lean like oh I yeah, think, Lawrence look, Arabia is isn't it to be massively four hours. hours. I can yeah. need to watch that. I'm thinking I'm not going to watch that. It's four hours long. Yeah, I don't have time. To <laughs> yeah, yeah. I spent two hours watching the football last night. I could have watched half of Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, yeah. Um, although, <laughs> although even I think with certain films. 
you can kind of get away with watching them in multiple sittings, but I think ideally you want to watch the whole thing start to finish. I read quite a long book about Lawrence of Arabia. Mm. It took me longer to read than it would have done to watch the film, so... Yeah, I feel I'm like just being inconsistent. <laughs> Should have just watched it. I feel like, yeah, you were certainly doing things the yeah. wrong way around. <laughs> <Doing> <laughs> it was um, at least a good book. <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting. I didn't know much about Lawrence of Arabia. I think it was a Christmas present. Oh, anyway, okay. it's called Lawrence in Arabia, and I can't remember who it was by. Okay. But it was really interesting. So <laughs> there's a so, book recommendation. So read the book and maybe okay. watch the film. <laughs> we don't know. We haven't seen it. Have <laughs> you got lots of time? If you have loads of time, I guess you could do both. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've yet to hear somebody say, no, it's a total waste of your time. So Fair enough. Anyway. watch it on, I guess. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> we got so off topic. I'm so sorry. <laughs> nah, that's all right. That's all right. Um, so we're going to watch the film now, and we're going to say the thing that we always say before we launch into the film, which is... Payekali. Right. And Thank why... you. And why do we say that? Because uh, it's the thing that Yuri Garin said when he launched off in Vostok. Yes. Vostok, thank you. Very good. Extra Thanks. credit for the... Thank you. <laughs> I was model making, but the plastic Vostok thing I made sadly did not have a transparent sort of like dome, so you couldn't obviously see mm. your Garin in it. That is... You just That's have to use your imagination. You have to use your imagination. Because you like painted it on. Yeah, it'll... Um, <laughs> little smiley it's, face. To, it's to scale it's the same scale as the Saturn V I built and it's just mm. so much smaller which obviously I knew that it was smaller but you know what I mean it's just one of those things you don't quite yeah, realise the scale difference obviously everyone knows that, that the Vostok was smaller than the Apollo like how could you not know that yeah but I mean it's the <laughs> difference in like the it's it's like the Vostok is like this big and the Saturn V is about this big. Uh, this is the point where I remind This you, is an this audio is a... medium and I'm yeah. just using my hands. Um, it's about yay big versus... It's about yay big versus yay big. Yay big. Um, yeah. Anyway. It's bigger is what I'm saying. Uh, All right. Pai <laughs> Do it. Don't no, do it. Give us the run in. Three, two, one. Pai Eccoli! just watched how i ended the summer and normally this is the point where we'd have a plot summary from lynn but i think in tribute to the film we've just watched we're just going to spend the next let's say hour and a half in increasingly <laughs> ominous silence <laughs> what yeah, do you when, think when it's a script by there's not a lot of script in it this... that's not to try and diminish what's there but I mean, there's not a lot of words. No, it's not a dialogue-heavy film. No, it's not. That, a is, that is definitely film. fair. But yes, so um, this is the point. We are actually going to have a plot summary because <laughs> I'm not prepared for this. But yes, it happens every time. I should know better. Yeah, and and you occasionally listen, as we've established. I do. Yes. So it's not just the times that you're on here. So this is the point where we do spoiler warnings. Like we should probably miss out the very 
big thing. Okay, sure. Let's hedge around that. Let's hedge yeah. around the one plot event. No, there's there's lots of there's lots of other stuff that goes on. So yeah, this is the this is the point where we'll try not to spoil it too much. But after this point, we potentially will. So if that's something that bothers you, track down the film, watch the film. Then we haven't spoiled it. All right. With that out of the way, over to you, Lynn. So there's a young man. Is he a student? It's never entirely clear, is it? Who is working for the summer, hence the name of the film. Yeah. On like an Arctic meteorological station. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. It's a very diddy yeah. station. It's not like a full-blown... So it's just him, Pasha, and the older guy who's been doing this a long time, Sergei. Yep. Sergei Vitalievich. Thanks very much. So they're kind of muddling along, but they don't seem to like get along that well. No. But it's kind of okay. And then Sergei goes off fishing. And while he is away fishing, Pasha receives a message that something bad has happened back to Sergei's family back home. Mm-hmm. But then he doesn't want to say anything because he's scared that Sergei will go crazy. Yeah. And then there's like an hour and a half of tension. <laughs> yeah. As the fact that he hasn't passed on this information becomes increasingly a problem because they're supposed to be being picked up. Oh, that's right, yeah. They're supposed to be picking up by a boat, uh, but then the boat might not be coming because it's called ice. Exactly. So basically this period, like, Pasha seems to think that it'll be fine he only has to hold out this information for, like, three days. And then it becomes longer and longer. They have to not tell Sergei. And that's increasingly difficult not to tell Sergei. Yeah. And then the people back at the main base that they're Oh, yeah. In, on the radio. Yeah. They're increasingly like, you did tell him, right? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure. And that's making things worse and worse. There's also a polar bear. There is. Yes. Uh... But it doesn't turn into the Revenant. No, which I haven't seen, but I do understand that there is spoiler alert for the Revenant. But it's, bo- it's boring. That's <laughs> spoiler heard... alert for Revenant. <laughs> I've heard that, and then suddenly a bear appears. Yeah, there was a bear. So I know I didn't think it was that great. The Revenant. Okay, <laughs> I thought this film was better than okay. the Revenant. That's my considered opinion. Okay, so. <laughs> We should probably just end the podcast there. So, so. we should just end the podcast there. It's, yeah. it's been a very short it's, episode. My apologies. Yeah. <laughs> but now you know what you need to know. Yeah. It's in the whatever percentage of films are superior to the rest of them, <laughs> yes. which apparently is Don't know. more than half. Sure. <laughs> more than half of all the films, according to him, <laughs> are better than The Revenant. Yeah. I mean, you can watch other Leonardo DiCaprio films. Mm. He's made lots of films that are better than The Revenant. Yeah. I've not actually seen that many of his films, to be honest. The Departed. That was quite good. Not seen it. Yeah. Have you seen Infernal Affairs, the Hong Kong film it's based on? No. Okay. This uh, this is this is the problem. This is, again, we always do this. We <laughs> establish <laughs> how many films I haven't seen. And, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm still desperately doing... trying to think of any other Leonardo DiCaprio films. Well, in... Romeo, and Ju- Romeo and or Juliet. No. And plus Juliet. <laughs> plus Juliet. Yes, I have seen that one. That's, oh, yeah. There's a classic from yeah. watching that at school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we never actually did Romeo and Juliet at school. Uh, okay. In my year. But anyway, yeah. 
You missed out. Well, Shakespeare played Digi D. Presumably had to one because British schooling. Yes. Uh, he's he's yeah. He's a, <laughs> he's a guy you have to learn, learn about. Um, I think for GCSE it was Hamlet. Okay. Which I went. a longer and more complicated play than Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I, I mean... I'm, the school likes to make things difficult for you. Yeah, although I was super into it because I was somebody who, at 15, 16, wore black all the time, but wasn't, like, properly a goth, but was close enough that people would ask me whether I was a goth. I was I was super into the, uh, life sucks. <laughs> so Hamlet kind of appeals. It's all right, there seems to be more messages in Hamlet than, like, in Romeo and Juliet, which is basically that young people are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> which is a thing that we all know and that mainly from being young and being an idiot but um yeah yeah it's something you have to learn in hindsight <laughs> i mean not that plenty of people when you are young won't tell you that you're an idiot but well yeah. you're like what do you know but you're thanks like... will for you know pointing out to everyone yeah yeah and <laughs> um, we also did Macbeth, which i thought was more enjoyable than the room and juliet oh yeah that's did... a fun play yeah, we, we did that in year nine. Um, I remember drawing some very badass figures of Macbeth. <laughs> yeah, it's quite like a violent play to be doing this school, really. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's in, uh, Scot- <laughs> it's in Scotland, it's a long long time ago. <laughs> it's how... sort of mythical Scotland. Yeah, pseudo-historical. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a Macbeth. Yeah, I think there was, but I yeah. don't know whether there were also like witches and forests and... Probably. I mean, sure, there were forests. I mean, people disguised as forests, you know what I mean? Oh, speaking of films that I have seen... Okay. Have you seen Throne of Blood? No. By Akira Kurosawa. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, I think I think the Japanese title is is a bit more mundane. It's like Spider Web Castle or something. Okay. That um, also sounds good. Yeah. Uh, but Throne of Blood sounds very metal. It does sound very metal. It's about the most metal <laughs> film title you could have. But yeah, that's that's Macbeth, essentially. Okay, so that sounds fun. Yeah, uh, it has Toshiro Mifune being... <laughs> Watch that at some point. Yeah, definitely. So Shakespeare, it's Shakespeare. all right. Um, also better than The Revenant. Yes, okay. Um, and uh, other films that are better than Revenant, back to the one we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. <laughs> How I Ended This Summer. I yeah. do want to say My Summer. Like, I know what you did last summer or something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's not a film that I've seen or that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, How was it this time around? Did good. You... It was less, slightly less tense because I kind of remembered the broad plot. Yeah. Like, the first time I watched it, it's just, like, constantly tense. I don't know mm. whether you found the same thing. Um. Yeah, I think, I think probably seeing this at a cinema or certainly on a bigger screen and with like better sound mm. would have made it more intense. But yeah, I was still kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen. This is this is not good. This is increasingly becoming less <laughs> less good. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, I found it pretty tense in terms of what it was what it was doing. Um, yeah, it's still a very beautiful film. Like I say, even on your small screen. Mm. Um, yeah, it's very pretty. And like that offsets a lot of the not much happening a lot of the time. Yes, the the composition is nice. I mean, the cat, the nice, <laughs> but um, the I mean, the camera doesn't do very much. It te- seems like it's mostly like locked in one. Yeah, it's pretty static a lot of the time. Yeah, 
But that's fine, because what it's pointed at is frequently very beautiful and bleak. There's lots of, I guess, long... Uh, not that they're emphasising that it's sunrise or sunset, because they're not pointing it towards the sun. No. But it's, you know, the streak to kind of orange and blue. Mm, so and, a long Arctic yeah. days and... Yeah. Um, I meant I meant to look look up uh, exactly where it is. I think it, uh, they mentioned that the main station is in uh, Chukotka, I think, okay. which is I think that still counts as si- Siberia, but it's it's on the northeastern side, so it's it's a long way from European Russia, mm. um, and it, yeah, it's very remote, and that's that's something. That, really comes through in the film is just how cut off they are like when they say yeah the boat's coming in five days yep like maybe maybe (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and there's that constant like radio contact where it's still bad and like the moment it's well because at some point pasha like sabotages the radio system so they can't get through to sergey yeah and like that's it it's like that's everything cut off then yeah. Like one thing. It's like one little failure. Yeah. <laughs> They're completely on their own. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the characters? Did you have a similar opinion this time around? Um, I think so. I think maybe I saw a bit more nuance. I don't know. Mm. Like the first time it seems like Sergei is more hostile to Pasha than I think it felt this time. Mm. I think especially like you were saying, maybe the translations the subtitle translations of some of Sergei's stuff are a bit more... has them come across as a bit more harsh. Yeah, yeah. Um, Russian is hard to translate in the sense that sometimes in spoken communication it is... um, it's more concise, which when you're translating it into English can come across as being, like, brusque. Mm -hmm. Like, there was one bit where they translated what he said as, like, get over here, which sounds kind of aggressive, but it was more like just, you know, come on over and have a look. But in Russian, that is that is quite succinct, whereas what I just said as the translation of yeah. that is not... Yeah, English <laughs> it seems wordy. to be a bit like how brusque something is. Kind of the shorter the sentence, the more yeah aggressive, for want of a better word, it sounds sometimes. Exactly, and particularly with British English. Yes. But even American English, I think, is, you know, less brusque in terms of numbers of words mm. uh, than Russian, if you just translate word um, word. See, I feel like there was less, maybe, hostility than it felt. I mean, not that they were, like, best friends or anything, but, mm. like, I think Sergei's relationship with Pasha seemed to be more of a, like, maybe slightly more of a mentory one than it seemed the first time around. I don't know. Yeah, I think... I mean, he seemed a bit annoyed with him sometimes, but... Yeah. I I found my interpretation with him was that he was a bit inconsistent. Like, sometimes he would he would be, like, genuinely, mm. like, critical in a very... Just, yeah, kind of harsh. Um, and then other times he'd be less, less so. There, like, there is one bit where they're doing something with a heliograph... <laughs> which I guess is measuring sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> Doing some linguistic work there. <laughs> um, and, like, Sergei basically, like, cuffs him for doing it wrong. Oh, yeah. And I was kind of like, whoa. So, yeah, I think the way that it's 
painting him as being like very rough around the edges. Mm. But yeah, some of the time he's more like that than other times. And like there is one bit where with the fishing stuff where he oh, yeah. kind of opens up and and is telling uh, Pasha a story about like a previous time when he got the fish from the lake and how good it is and how his wife really likes it as well. Um, and it seemed to be implying that his wife got craving for it when the implication, to me anyway, read like when she was pregnant. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, catch that, but I see what you mean. I, I might be reading too much into it, but... Um, but yeah, and that was one instance where he was a bit more like, I'm actually going to talk to you rather than just sort of ignoring you. Mm. But it definitely feels like one of the themes of the film is kind of generational con- conflict or or maybe slightly some like class issues as, as well. Because it seems like Sergei just finds Pasha irritating and like he makes some comment about like you know some of us take this seriously and mm. it it really matters and you know there's been generations of people working on this station and you're not you know taking that seriously and honoring all that work that they've done and mm. you could screw it up because you're just like flouncing out here so you can <laughs> so you can say that you did this and then you're going to go back and you know which I can I can understand if if you if genuinely it seemed like he wasn't taking it seriously and I, I'm not quite sure where the film comes down on that because yeah I'm not sure either because it definitely doesn't seem like he doesn't care at all mm. I assume he seems less committed to it than Sergey but I mean Sergey's a guy that's been doing it for seems to have been doing it for like thirty years yeah it seems like it's properly Sergey's life yeah so I can understand his like reluctance about it as in yeah. this guy that seems to be there temporarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we do see early on, there's some stuff of him mucking around, like... <laughs> yeah, it it does, but then, yeah, I see what you mean. The film doesn't come down all the way on the other side and just betray him as something that somebody that just is completely incompetent and doesn't care at all. Right, yeah. Um, and some of it is just like, this is a relatively young guy. Like, how... Like, it seemed to me like, oh yeah, if that would have thought like early 20s, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's probably yeah, maybe mid twenties, but not ages out of university. You know, probably hasn't done anything like this. And there's a certain amount of like, it looks super boring between yeah. doing tasks. So him kind of like larking about on the like jumping on between the oil drums. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad idea. And like swinging from the uh, transmitter thing. But it's kind of like just got a lot of energy, nowhere you can really go. Yeah, I don't kind of blame him with it. He's not really kind of got used to that pace or that yeah. rhythm um, in a way that Sergei has. Yeah, I'd go stir crazy. <laughs> well, he kind of does go a bit crazy at the end, like because he just oh, seems to off the deep end overreact like totally to. I mean, I understand his fear of Sergei. Like, I kind of get, like, oh, I don't want to deliver bad news because I'm worried this guy's going to be angry at me and we're in a very isolated place. Like, there's nowhere really to go. He's got, like, that seems he's super, got a gun. That seems super <laughs> awkward. Like, I kind of empathise with that. Yeah. It's not completely unreasonable, but just takes it, like, completely to the other extreme and just, like... Yeah. As he has a crazy breakdown and runs off and nearly dies of hypothermia and you're like, is his reaction going to be that bad? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least if he decides to shoot you, he'll be over yeah, quickly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Studgate does seem kind of like... I understand why he's scared of him, because he doesn't come across as super... Mm, sure. Super stable. And in fact, the guy on the radio, like the boss guy on the radio, basically says, tell him, and then just leave him the heck alone. So that makes it seem like... To me, well, like, maybe something's happened before or something. Yeah, or just the boss guy knows that he that Sergei is possibly a bit volatile. Yeah. Um, I mean, that time to the ending, like where Sergei decides to stay at the station. Mm. Like when, so the boat eventually turns up. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, and. Pasha goes to leave, and it's kind of implied that everyone's leaving for now. Mm. And then Sergei's decides to stay, and like Pasha doesn't really seem to get why he would do that. Yeah, like, and no, I assume it's because like basically that's his life. You know what I mean? Like, I can't just abandon this regardless of what's happened. Yeah, like, that's the only thing that he has like meaning in his life, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, did you have any feelings about the ending? Um, I thought. That it was, it was a good choice um, without giving away. Mm. I I I can see other filmmakers wanting to go for something more melodramatic. Yeah, I was kind of almost expecting that, and then it doesn't come. Yeah, um, which I think was, like you say, probably the right choice. Yeah, like this. For the most part, I thought, okay, I could believe this being a mm. true story, like this actually happened, rather than something that's a bit more fantastical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Oh, yeah. What, going back to the generational thing, mm. um, I liked the the bit about Sergei not understanding what emojis were. Because... <laughs> oh, yeah, that was good. There's a bit where the guy on the other end of the radio reads out a text message from Sergei's wife, and it finishes with like a smiley face emoji, which in Russian is a smileek. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, and he was like, uh, and then he goes, uh, understood? Or, uh, and Sergei was like, yeah, everything except the last bit. And then he has to explain. And then there's kind of a little bit of mirroring later on where. Sergei goes to Pasha, like, I, th- the, I think the implication is that Pasha has overslept at one point. Yeah. And gives him, like, a, an old school, like, metallic alarm <laughs> clock. And Pasha's like, I've, I've got one on my phone. Hmm. And he's like, yeah, but this one, this one's a good one. This one, <laughs> this one, this one works. And then later on, we see the alarm clock ringing and uh, Pasha takes a minute to figure out how to turn it off. <laughs> so it's just like the whole generational not being familiar with mm. certain technological things. And I think the way that both of them dress is like as a way that they've differentiated them as well. Like uh, Pasha is wearing much more like modern kind of, egg, you know, warm clothes. It's more like... I don't know. <laughs> Plasticky is the wrong word. <laughs> more synthetic. I see what you mean, though. Yeah, that's kind of modern outdoor wear. Yeah, whereas Sergei is wearing stuff that's warm, but it looks a bit more old school. Um, yeah, like he'd probably been wearing the same thing for the last 30 years. Yeah, 
yeah, he's just got slightly like rounder. <laughs> um, I kind of like that they have the little sauna bit. As that's, oh yeah, well, the, I should say the banya bit, as that's an important Russian cultural <laughs> thing. Um, the whacking people with the uh, with the leaves. Um, I'm trying to think. This is terrible. I've forgotten what kind of leaves it is. I want to say birch leaves, but that's just me hedging because sure. lots of things are birch. I don't know. <laughs> um, that's actually a a thing that people do. So it's. I think it's supposed to like open up, you know, pores and stuff. Meant to be good for you. So yeah, that is like <laughs> he's not just whacking him because he's unhappy with yeah. him. Yeah. Um, it's just something that you do in the banya. <laughs> yeah, that was like a kind of nice sort of bit of kind of bonding scene i guess so like it's sort of yes and no like the ending was like when they go and jump into the yeah river whatever it is bay yeah i guess it's the bay um yeah and that's also kind of the going from the really really hot banya into a really cold place is again something that one will do like if you're going to one in a city Mm. there'll be like a really cold plunge pool but if you're doing one out in the village and it's in the middle of winter, then people will actually like run out of the barnyard into the snow and you just roll around naked in the snow. <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> why not? Because he doesn't. Um, yeah, I, I never actually did the uh, out in the village hmm. in the winter barnyard. I've been to like more rural ones, but that was during the summer. So actually, yeah, I did jump in a river, which was cold-ish. Oh, actually, that reminded me of another thing. Mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. Russia is a place where they have nastier mosquitoes than we have in the UK. Well, not that they're nastier, there's just more of them. Okay. Yeah, like... It's a bit weird, yeah, because I guess there's lots of mosquitoes in Scotland too, but in my head, mosquitoes are like a thing where it's warmer. Yeah. Um, it's too cold here, or indeed in the Arctic, to have mosquitoes. But I guess that's not true. It's a different type of mosquito. I guess so. Maybe, maybe there are, maybe they are mosquitoes in this. Maybe they're more like midges. Yeah, but yeah, biting flying, biting flies, insect. Um, Did you find that a lot when you lived there? I mean, even not in Moscow so much. Okay, no, because it's just so built up. But um, a few times where I went for like a few days to somewhere more rural in the summer, um, especially, <laughs> as you might imagine, near bodies of water. Mm. It's like, ah, oh, flip an egg. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. Um, but, yeah, so that was a bit of a thing. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention, this is, I don't know, it's kind of random in terms of uh, just the order we're covering things, the little detail about using people's name and patronymic. Oh, yeah. Um, so, because, we'll probably mention this in other episodes as well, but part of the, kind of the distance is that, I think for the most part, Pasha refers to Sergei as Sergei uh, Vitalyevich. Yeah. And generally the thing is that you'll only use somebody's name and patronymic like that if you're more, like, on formal terms or there's a seniority thing and that's something you notice on the when you're having the radio conversations mm. is the guys that Sergei and Pasha are normally talking to are other guys that they're just on first name ter- terms with I think one of them is 
Volvo, which is actually Vladimir. Hmm. So it's like even it's the nickname form. And then the other guy is... Stas or something, was it? Stas, yeah, which is Stanislav, hmm. I think. Um, so, yeah, and then it's a really big deal when Nikolai Petrovich comes on and he's like the boss. So hmm. he is the one who delivers the bad news. And Yeah, that was something I didn't really catch. Like, they were all... The people that are under the radio, to me, I guess, were pretty much all interchangeable, which I'm sure they weren't, if you kind of understood the dynamics of how they were being addressed. Yeah, well, there were two, like, junior guys who were taking turns, and then it was it was only because something came up, mm. and it was something particularly that needed sensitive handling that the senior guy comes on, and that's just a way that they would signal that. Um I mean, I guess the rough equivalent would be Mr. So-and-so, but I don't think we'd even particularly do that that much in most companies in the UK at this point. No. I mean, you might say, I don't know, the the VP wants to speak to you or something. <laughs> You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so, that, so I thought that was kind of, kind of interesting, um, that that's in there and kind of conveys some of the, like distance and kind of levels and stuff i again possibly reading too much into this but i i thought it was kind of interesting how sergey when he goes off to do the fishing is like all right nobody should know about this Hmm. and it's kind of like i don't know why he wasn't supposed to be doing it other than he's supposed to be at his post which is funny because he's you know at another point, he's reading off a lecture about how <laughs> uh, Pasha's not taking things seriously. But it seems like Sergei regards the ability to take as many fish as he can catch from the lagoon as kind of like one of the perks of not an easy job. Yeah, it is. it does seem a bit incongruous. Like you say, when he lectures Pasha about how important it is to always be on time and always make sure that you get all your readings and like to do things properly and then like buggers off for three days. Yeah, and that's how the whole situation arrives is that he isn't his post and basically yeah. like he makes but the Pasha imp- have to cover for him, which is from, I guess, our point of view, from where we've grown up would be regarded as super unprofessional. Yeah, and, and just- the implication is that he's done that before. But yeah. but it's not clear like when he did it before or whether it's that he has mostly worked on his own and suddenly there's this other guy there and he hasn't done it for years. The work experience. Yeah, and now suddenly the student is here and he has an opportunity to yeah. go and do it because there's somebody else to man the post. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's the case or whether right this is just something he does all the time anyway. Yeah. And somehow... or, or that it allows him to go off for longer at a time where mm. he might have to because it's certainly it's very clear that he he catches fish yeah. as a, you know, certainly he's done it before. I get the impression it's regular. And one of the things that's one of the more kind of like gruesome scenes is when he's showing uh, Pasha how to properly gut a fish. And so uh, if you're squeamish. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just that one scene. Yeah. There's, little, there's not much that puts you off if you're squeamish in the film, but yeah. maybe just the fish gutting scene. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm such a urban person <laughs> he's just not used to yeah so what you mean like everything pre-prepared and yeah yeah so it's like, i guess it's what you're used to like i'm yeah, sure exactly 
I'm sure I did it a few times, but I'm not. I'm still. I, I still think I'd want to wear gloves. <laughs> yeah, ideally, there didn't seem to be the kind of place where there would be gloves available. No, no. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. I mean, the whole thing was kind of falling down a bit. That like it had not been very well maintained. They said that yeah. someone had been there since the 30s, hadn't they? Yeah, 1935, I think they said. Yeah, um, yeah. In my notes, I have derelict. Yes, yeah, <laughs> well, it was getting that way. Yeah, although I think that that one wasn't nearly as, um, well, the place where they were living, I should say, wasn't nearly as bad as the place that used to be occupied, but wasn't. Hmm. I think that was actually just going back. There is a point where. Sergei mentions in passing how people die out here, I hope you realise, in a <laughs> yeah. way that's kind of like... There's not much in the film that's that threatening, but just that that bit was a little bit like... Uh... So when we've... Yeah, it just talks about this one incident where I think like two... How was it? Geologists? Geophysicists, Geos- I think, but yeah. Right, yes, geophysicists. And one of them apparently killed the other... And the only thing that was left was a hole in the ceiling, which I'm kind of like, what's he even implying to happen there? <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe because it was in the ceiling, it implied it was a suicide or something. Mm. Like they shot himself. This is getting a bit squeamish. It's like through. Yeah, that that is with probably... the gun pointed towards the ceiling, but it wasn't clear. No. It probably doesn't matter. Yeah, although at one point we do do see somebody like, oh, we see Pasha looking up at one of the buildings, mm. and there is this little hole in the ceiling. And that would be super weird. Yeah, like, I don't weird. think I've ever been in a place where I know that somebody has died recently. Not where there's like evidence of it anyway. No, right. Um... <laughs> Sorry, it's super it's awkward. It's more morbid now. More, yeah. Um, but like we said, there there isn't a whole lot of horrific stuff happening in the film uh, in terms of what you see. Mm. As we mentioned, it's a uh, twelfth. Or I guess that would probably be PG-13 in the US. Yeah, I guess so. I, I can't imagine it being just a PG over there. Oh, especially as you see... There's a frame of penis. <laughs> or two frames, maybe. Yeah, very... So as someone at the BBFC had to consider whether... Like, uh, how was... many frames is acceptable for it to be a 12 before it becomes a 15? Yeah, how much, how much wang <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. It's very... I mean, not that not uh, I'm really the arbiter of this, but it's <laughs> distinctly non-erotic wang. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it's it's more, not sexy. No, it's more uh, middle-aged man in a. It's factual s- wang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, is the po- <laughs> that is the point actually. In um, in a barnyard, you're pretty much expected to be not uh, all. Um, Prudish. See, okay. I'm even. I'm even struggling to say it because <laughs> so I'm so British. Um, but yeah, in, in fact, Sergei uh, says, "Why are you so shy all of a sudden?" Mm. Which is kind of like because he's slightly covering up. And <laughs> again, it's just yeah, that's not something you're meant to do. Is that more just like a another sort of age thing? Um, possibly, or maybe it's just that he's kind of on edge. Yeah, um, just nervous around Sergei. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the impression is that their previous Banya sessions were all like, well, hey, <laughs> here I am. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. And I guess another example of like a film about something is a little bit alien. Mm. 
Like, it's just, just nothing in, well, in Britain, for instance. Where, I mean, there are certainly isolated places, but nowhere that is that, that isolated. Yeah. You just want to live on Rockall or something. And even then, like, it's not... <laughs> you get a boat out there quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. The um, level of remoteness is very relative. Yeah, especially in, like... Well, this was 2010, but, you know, in the 21st century, to be that cut off from things is... Yeah. Kind of difficult to imagine. Yeah. Or to experience, unless you really tried. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder even now whether the equivalent places would be as cut off. Like, I don't know whether they'd have, like, better satellite phones or mm. something. But yeah, Why did no one have a satellite phone? Expensive. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, based on the decrepitude, it did not seem like they had a huge budget. Yeah, well, uh, I think back in the Soviet times where, like, any profit from anything that got sold anywhere was just like ploughed back into the state they were a bit more like lavish about resources to mm. things and then I think the impression I get is that post-Soviet the Russian Federation I mean their income tax I think is at least when I lived there I think it was like 13% like flat rate okay. so they don't have like a ton of money coming in from mm. like taxpayers. I mean, they do control <laughs> like the fossil fuels, so or the state controls. So offsets it somewhat. Yeah, quite a bit. So it's not like they're hurting for money, but then they do spend a lot of money on their military. So less so on their like remote meteorological stations. Yeah, it's they're just not glamorous. Apparently not. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not the. Not the way of making the rest of the world <laughs> sit up and take notice in the same way. No. We have a lot of weather. <laughs> I'm sure they do have a lot of weather. Yeah. Um, so, I think I know what you would, what your answer to this question would be, but I'd ask, I'm asking anyway. Is this something you would recommend to many people? Or Yes. Unless you're someone that hates films where not that much happens a lot of the time. I quite like films where not that much happens a lot of the time. Um, so I'm okay with it. So yes, yeah, basically is what I'm saying. It's really, like, it's kind of a, is it a character study? I don't know. It's a lot about the relationships between people. And a lot of those are not articulated very explicitly. Mm. Um, and that's okay with me, but I guess. Yeah, a lot of it is shown with people's facial expressions and body language. Yeah, it's like a weird mix of being in some ways quite chill and in other ways like very tense. Yeah, when it's when it's tense it is yeah, you're you're worried for people. But it's like it's really quite beautiful. I don't know. Um cuz sometimes you watch stuff where not that much happens and it bothers I feel like I don't recommend stuff. I don't think mm. I recommended the last film that much. Oh, the um, lesson ever sent. Yeah. <laughs> um, where I feel like that was, in some respects, more stuff happened, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, the direction, certainly with that, was more... I think showy is overstating it, but there was a bit more mm. like, look what I can do. Um, look at these cool angles I can do and interesting <laughs> camera moves. It was a bit more of a, like, yeah, like wanting to 
show what I can do as a director. Whereas this was a bit more like, I've got a story to tell and I'm going to do it in a fairly basic way. I think perhaps Latin Everson fell a little bit, I'm trying to remember, I don't remember it that well, in that sort of middle bit where it's kind of, it's okay if, I don't know, like it's a Marvel movie or something and everything is like explicitly stated. Mm. Because then you can just kind of go with it and be like, oh, okay, it's a story, it's fine. They're just going to tell me exactly what happens (laughs) and how everything works. Um, And it's kind of okay with like this where they show you stuff, but they don't really make things so explicit. Like how people feel about each other, a lot of it is like your projection onto it or your interpretation Mm. of how what people are like. And that's okay because there's space for you to think about it and think about how you feel about it and imagine what might have been. I think maybe in... My problems with films, like the last one where it's not quite either, where it's like not enough detail to be satisfying, to just be like, oh, now I know exactly what's happened. Because kind of wanted more stuff in that I never sent to be resolved. But then there's not enough, like you're saying, it's a bit showier. There's not enough space just to kind of think about it and be like, this is how I think these characters are relating to each other. Mm. Maybe. Maybe I'm overthinking this. I, I mean, I guess that's we're sort of on the podcast to to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I recently rewatched. Now we're going way off topic. Okay. Now we're going to anime. Enter anime. Okay. Just rewatched Neon Genesis Evangelion. Okay. It's now on Netflix. All right. Um, <laughs> which I first watched about fifteen years ago on a friend's VHS mm. over the summer, um, and did not know what was going on. Okay. Because it's a show that does not really tell you <laughs> what is going on. Okay. Um. But then this time, I think, like, I don't know, I think part of it is comes with age, perhaps, mm. and just being more okay with that. Um, but, like, it's really good, but a lot of it is, like, there's not necessarily a simple, like, explanation for it. A lot of it is, like, left up to you to kind of figure out or mm. think about or... Yeah, which, I mean, people do say... On. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's... So it's... But it's sort of, it's anime in a kind of, like, slightly mecha, don't at me, I know they're not strictly mecha. Um, kind of giant Listener, machines. I don't know what like, it is. Fighting each other or something, <laughs> but like that's not really what like that's the kind of setup. Like it's set up to be a sort of I don't know, like not I'm using Marvel as like a catch all term for big movies that tell you exactly what's happening. Yeah. And lots of spectacle. And like that's the kind of setup, but it's not. It turns out to be something very different. Um what was I talking about? Watch Evangelion, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, I think you were talking about how <laughs> some some movies spell things out a bit more and some are a bit more like, yeah. figure it out for yourself. And you were saying with, with this one, it gave you a bit more space for the thinking, whereas... Yeah, I'm kind of okay with the thinking and I'm okay if it just spells out and it's but, kind of like a trashy movie. Yeah. And perhaps in that middle bit where there's a lot of spectacle and not much... I don't know. Who knows? This was good. Go and watch it. Okay. It's good. It's good fun. All right. Fun? That's the wrong word. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah, that's that not <laughs> the one I would naturally be reaching for, no. <laughs> um, see it on as big a screen as you can, because it's pretty. Yes. Yeah, I would definitely, yeah, endorse that opinion. Um, what other recommendations have we got? Uh, is this for, like, other movies we've watched sure. recently? yeah. Um, I finally saw some Yorgos Lanthimos films. Um, cool. I saw the um, the favorite, which everyone had I'm already not seen, s- but I hear it's great. I would like to see it. Uh, yeah, I also endorse uh, what you've already heard. Nice. It's, uh, I mean, it's kind of a little bit weird, but not nearly as weird as the lobster, which was the other one. I have seen that. 
That was weird. And Dogtooth, also weird. Okay. But less seen... disturbing than Dogtooth. I don't know. Not seen Dogtooth. It's good. Yeah. It's weird. I I, I would be I'd be surprised <laughs> if it wasn't based on the two Yogis Lanthimos films I have never uh, seen. <laughs> you like language. It's a lot about language. Okay. Kind huh. of. Interesting. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Do you see any other films? Uh, uh, rewatched Witness recently for some reason. Yes. What did you learn about Amish people and or Harrison Ford in the 80s? Um, what did I learn? Um, that Harrison Ford should probably do, should have done more stuff where he was, I mean, not that he was super stretching himself in that one, but yeah, you kind of feel like it, it's good when you actually get to see that he's a good actor as well, rather than just being somebody who's kind of gruff and good at fighting. I feel like he's been phoning it in a lot for the last 15 years. Yeah, well... <laughs> I know yeah. that Witness is way before that, but... Yeah, <laughs> it was the, I think, the year I was born. Um, <laughs> um, and also, the other thing that I learned that, admittedly, I already knew was, it's the 80s, let's synth everything. Even... Oh, I don't remember the soundtrack. has been a long time since I've seen Witness. I mean, it's not massively egregious, but it is a bit... <laughs> it's definitely something that... It's, you... kind of, it's kind of weird to have a film by the Amish and, like... I tell you what we'll do. <laughs> Nothing says. Yeah, um, I think it was still at the point where the novelty of synths hadn't worn off. So it was like, oh, this is the new way of making music, <laughs> rather than like, okay, what is a good choice of music to go with what we're putting up on there's, screen? There's literally no film, and I mean this literally, not figuratively, mm. that wouldn't benefit from more synths on the soundtrack. Name one. With Nail and I. <laughs> and that was made in the 80s. I've never seen With Nail and I. How you I just not... the shock on Ali's face that you can't see, listeners. Yeah. I... <laughs> it's even, as I will mention to anyone who will listen, partly shot around here. Is it? Yeah, Stony Stony. Stratford. Oh, because I was saying I lived in Cumbria where it was but the other half of it was shot. Well, it was actually it's not set, that bad. Set, not that far yeah, around. most of it is set. But no, the... Um, the bit that's ostensibly in Penrith in the Lake District yeah. is actually Stony Stratford, yeah. which, dear listener, is not where I live now, but is one town over from where I live now <laughs> and is where I grew up. Look, we know that the best film shot in this area was Superman 4. <laughs> I've not actually seen it, but it was I've heard a it film is... that was filmed near here. And it was a film and <laughs> probably the best. If you go on YouTube, there is, I think it was from 2010 or something. Whenever it was like the 30th anniversary, I think, mm. of Superman 4, there's like a 15 minute bit where they reshot the bits that were set in like Milton Keynes offices. Oh, okay. Um, like with current people that like to work in those offices oh, for like okay. the 30th anniversary. It's on YouTube, it's good. And like yeah. next to the film. Because I'm pretty sure that the railway station in Milton Keynes is yep. meant to be the UN. Yes. Because it is a big building that has lots of glass on it. <laughs> and a lot of the offices were filming what was the Winter Gardens, and there's uh, now okay. that, like, um, what's now Ballant- Ballant- Ballantyne Health Club or something. Oh, yeah, I think I know what you mean. Um, yeah. So there's offices, like, around in there. In the oh, film, okay. Of, like, office scenes and stuff. On the there. hill up the way towards yeah. the city centre. This is going to be so much fun for non-Milton Keynes based yeah, listeners local, which is uh, everyone which is everyone else by <laughs> yes um, the Milton Keynes t- tourist board has uh, <laughs> is sponsoring this podcast 
Um, so, what have you recommended Superman for? The Quest for Peace. Um, I've seen the honest trailers <laughs> witness for that, and it looks um, terrible. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, I need to. I need to make Carrie watch Witness uh, mm. just to get her like perspective on veracity or lack thereof, as she's from uh, that general part of the world. Um, but... I'm sure it's all true. <laughs> um, yeah, um, some Kurosawa. I'm so behind in seeing good films. <laughs> Watched Yojimbo. Uh, I've actually watched that twice this year. Like, Good enough to watch twice. So good you watched it twice. Well, part of it was I'd watched it already and then I... Carrie and I were trying to work out a film to watch. Okay. And I suggested Sanjuro, mm-hmm. which is sort of a sequel to Yojimbo insofar as uh, Toshiro Mifune plays... This, it's, it's supposed to be the same guy, but they're not sequels in a way, okay. in a like massive, like, you know, you have to have seen the first one for the second one to make any sense. Um, so Carrie read a little bit up on it and was like, I understand it's a sequel. I think I should see the first one first. I was like, okay, well, I'm happy to watch it again. It's the one that is semi-famous for being ripped off by A Fistful of Dollars. Oh, okay. Uh, to the point that I think... They, the, I want to say the, uh, the Japanese film studio that made it successfully sued uh, Sergio Leone for copying, being a big copycat. This probably makes me a terrible person, but mm. I watched about half an hour of Fistful Dollars and I got really bored and turned it off. I have. I'm seen sure it, f- it gets great for a long time. I saw it at university. Um, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure I'm just a philistine. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about westerns in general? It's okay, I've seen a few. I like Deadwood, which was a series, I realise, and not a film. Oh yeah, I, I know you love Deadwood. But Deadwood think... was great. I'm trying to think of like western films I've watched. I saw the remake of True Grip, that was good. But yeah, a lot was... of that was the soundtrack was great. Mm, okay, I don't remember that so much, but that's more your preferred <laughs> genre of music than mine. Yeah, that's fair. Um... um... Oh, what was but the name was of the actor who plays the... Was it Jeff Bridges? Well, yes, I know him. Oh, sorry. The, the, who plays the... Sorry, I used actor rather than actress. Hayley Robinson? Robinson? Maybe that's the wrong name. Hayley Stanford. Stanford? Hayley someone or other. I'm pretty I'm sure really about the sorry on the off chance you're listening, Hayley something or other. You yeah. were great. <laughs> yeah, I. she was fantastic. And I, again, we've established I don't perhaps see a super huge number of films but i would i it's a shame she hasn't been in more stuff yeah yes right in if you've seen other things that she's in (laughs) and are good uh yeah definitely Um, just go on letterbox the hateful eight wasn't very good i i generally sorry quentin yeah i'm i'm kind of i think i came to tarantino was one of these directors that so many people for so long was kind of like oh he's the best and I was kind of like yeah he definitely can't be as good as everyone's made out then I finally did see Pulp Fiction again when I was at university I was like oh okay I can see what the big deal is but uh, I don't know I think I saw Inglorious Bastards and there was some really great scenes within that but there were other things where I was just like, oh, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I think we said about most Tarantino. Yeah. Um, 
Although talking westerns, have you seen Django Unchained, which is great? No. It's much uh, better than Hateful Eight. If you have to choose a okay. West set, I don't know whether the Hateful Eight is a Western, it's mostly set in one building. But um, if you have to choose an old West is that, is that a, time period film by Tarantino, is, there that, are two. is that a rule of. of <laughs> I just think Westerns as being like, you know, you're out. Outdoors. Kind of that, yeah. And the Hateful Eight is mostly that, you know, the weather's bad or whatever, and everyone's like in a. Uh, yeah. In the weather. Yeah, I've not so seen Hateful, yeah, many but Westerns. Django Unchained is really good. Okay. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio film. And it also, Leonardo DiCaprio being very evil mm. um, <laughs> in, in Django Unchained. Yeah. And Kill Bill Volume 1, not a Western, but a great film. Okay, see, I, I think I saw about 20 minutes of sword fights in there, and again, I was just like, yeah, this is okay. Well, yeah, I don't know why it was great as a film, but it's a very exhilarating film. Okay. I, and that's the problem with Part 2, is that they try to put plot in it unless, like, everyone just having cool fights yeah i sort of get i mean i'm sure this is not exactly a hot take but the problem with tarantino is that he's basically allowed to do whatever he wants yeah and with some directors can be trusted with that sort of power (laughs) and freedom and other people they're just gonna be silly with it very very tangential because i was thinking tarantino is briefly in from dusk till dawn yes which has vampires in it, which relates to what we do in the shadows, currently on iPlayer. Okay. Yeah. It's great. Anyway, have you seen the film? The film no, is great. I've seen I've seen the bits series of it. also great. Oh, I did see It's earlier, on iPlayer, you should watch it. Earlier this year I did see the um Werner Herzog, who we've discussed before, Nosferatu that he did. Oh yeah, I've not seen it. The English language version, because apparently he did he shot it twice, once in Of course he did. French or German. <laughs> I of think course. I want to say German, and then he shot it in English. <laughs> and I watched the English version and thought, when people are talking, this is kind of stilted. But when nobody's talking, the visuals are very creepy and atmospheric. And yeah, that's worth watching. In my head, the visuals are quite similar to The Elephant Man, another film I have not seen. I've not seen Nosferatu. I've not seen The Elephant Man. Uh, I saw the first half an hour, 40 minutes of The Elephant Man a, a while back and then decided I was too sleepy and never <laughs> coming back to it. So I probably just need to start from the beginning. I also recently watched Twin Peaks The Return. Okay. The most incredible piece of television I've ever seen in my life. All right. Just like a bit of hyperbole <laughs> out there. It was incredible. Okay. And disturbing and brilliant. Excellent. So <laughs> check that out. Check that out. All right. Stick with it. Yeah, just stick with it. <laughs> all right. Probably. <laughs> Ignore the one episode that's basically just all in black and white and is mostly screaming. So <laughs> That does seem like something I would want to avoid, yeah. No, it's the whole thing is amazing. Okay, I will... Uh, anything more mainstream? Is, is Twin Peaks mainstream? I'm not sure. It's like a big deal, so I mean, it's mainstream in that sense, but then yeah, also it's yes. also weird. In, in the sense that people have heard of it, yeah. Yeah. The Good Place is mainstream. Been watching that. That's good. Okay. You should cool. watch that too. I feel like I'm just not watching anything or doing anything. What we do in Chance is only 10 episodes, so you can get through it. Uh, that's, that's manageable. And has some yeah. good cameos. Yes. Like uh, Tilda Swinton's in it. Tilda Swinton is unexpectedly in it. I did not mm. know that before I watched the episode. Uh, I was okay. like, what? <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> Oh, actually, speaking of her, uh, not too long ago, I did see the original Suspiria, which obviously she is not mm. in, but she was in the okay. remake. I haven't seen either of them. It was super freaky and weird. 
but effectively. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I went on a like mini horror binge. I've not seen any of the films, alive, as... but that is on my list of films uh, okay. I really want to see, which is her vampire film. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the time we talk about films we haven't seen. We do. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. I did rewatch The Social Network as did five minutes worth of a minute by minute podcast. Okay, cool. Uh, called The Social Minute. Um, nice. So that was good. So then I watched. A few of the David Fincher films I hadn't seen yet. I remember the social network being better than I expected to be. I mean, the premise is it's a film about Facebook. Does not fill you with like optimism that this is going to be any good. But yeah, I think this is a, being pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It, it took me a while to get around to watching it just because I saw the the trailer and took against the choral version of Creep by Radiohead. I just thought that's lame. <laughs> this film. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea how like accurate that film is, but um, yeah, it was yeah, it's well done, like it's well. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's a it's a shorter one for by his standards. I think it's only two hours. I don't know whether I've seen many David Fincher films. Seen Gone Girl? Nope. It's good but creepy weird. It's got it's not got Matt Damon. It's got Matt Fleck. Yes, yes, it's got the other one. The other, the less talented. <laughs> I'm one. so sorry. How yeah. is it like? What is it? Twenty five years on or something from Good One saying that they're still like. Yeah. Basically the same person. Joined at the hip. Except um, everyone makes the joke that I've just made about yeah, like, but one even of them being good. They're not really now, are they? Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, know that it's so rare now, seemingly, for them to appear in the same thing. Right. But I mean, I saw Argo related. recently. That's... He directed... That was quite good. Yeah. I mean... Like, it, it wasn't a groundbreaking piece of cinema, but it was quite an enjoyable film. No. I mean, he did a good job. Yeah. I mean... I quite liked it. I don't know how you'd feel about it if you were Iranian. You might feel, eh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, again, like how true it is to what happened to the politics of it. Whether yeah, it was good, I'm guessing sort of thriller. late seventies Iran wasn't a nice place to be. Um, no, I guess uh, for anyone. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, it... uh, anyway, before we wrap this up, anywhere that if people want to uh, discuss your. Film views <laughs> with you. <laughs> How um, would they do that? I am on Twitter at Sechkopf, S C T C H K O P F, which uh, means Sechhead in German. Yes, for reasons that are lost in the midst of internet time. Yeah, I only mostly interact with weird video game let's play audio let's plays. Shout out to no one can know about this and the Daniel K audio audio let's plays podcast. Yes. Uh, but also, if you want to tweet about how bad my opinions about films are, um, please do so politely. Or, or indeed affirm them. Say yes. Or affirm Liam. them and tell me how... No, I don't want it to go to my head. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so you're, you're allowed to affirm Lynn's film opinions as long as you don't do it too much. Yeah. Or disagree with me as long as it's not too mean. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the thing is, we don't want the next time... So we're encouraging just reason debate on the internet, which is, I feel like, maybe a lost cause, but mm, yeah, I live in hope. It's Eternal hope. All right, well, thank you very much, Lynn, for coming back on. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure. And you fed me. <laughs> well. <laughs> you are the half-fed me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're painting this as a very uh, 1950s r- r- relationship. <laughs> I tidied up so it was oh, actually right, nice. Acceptable, I <laughs> uh, got a bit defensive there. <laughs> anyway, I think we should bring the curtain down on this particular episode or whatever the audio equivalent of the curtain is. Yes. Uh, take care, everyone. 
Das war Daniel, folks. So that's it for this episode, but before I go, I'd like to thank Sasha Ilukovic and the Highly Skilled Migrants for the use of their song Cold in our intro. You can find that song and the rest of their back catalogue on Bandcamp and Spotify. If you're enjoying the show, please consider supporting us by leaving a rating at Apple Podcasts or at podchaser.com. That second one, Podchaser, even lets you rate individual episodes, so if this episode particularly stood out to you, you can let other listeners know that you enjoyed it. Recommending the show on social media is hugely helpful as well. If you can spare a moment or two to do that, it would really make my day. Thank you, thank you very much. Speaking of social media, please find us and say hi on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. You can also drop us a line at roosfilesunite at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, take care of yourselves, and bye for now.